Praise God. Thank you, Brother Butcher, and I want to say that we have enjoyed being here so much, feeling the uh, presence of the Lord, seeing your response to his presence, and uh, the Word of God has been very uh, gratifying for us. <coughs> Praise God. Praise God. I feel like the Lord has something for us this morning. Praise God. His uh, mercies are new every morning. Praise God. He's got something fresh. And uh, I'm thankful that, uh, that uh, the Lord is on our side. And uh, we don't have to be fearful in the world that we're living in. It's a very strange world. All kinds of things happening that we've never heard happen before. But uh, in spite of that, the Lord is with his people, and uh, we have a lot of confidence in him this morning. Praise God. I'd like you to stand with me in honor of the word of God as we turn in our Bibles to the book of John chapter 8. We're going to read in John chapter 8, beginning at the 56th verse. And read through chapter 9, verse 1. Uh, when the Bible was written, they didn't have chapters and verses. Those were put in later for our benefit, so we can locate things a little easier. But uh, because of that, sometimes a thought is kind of broken up because uh, a chapter was uh, inserted there. So we're going to read beginning in uh, chapter 8, verse 56, through the end of verse 1 of chapter 9. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Chapter 9 and verse 1, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. I'd like to speak for a few minutes this morning on the subject when Jesus passes by. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence here this morning, for each person who's gathered together in your name. We thank you for the word of the Lord, and we ask now, Lord, that it would go forth with power, with anointing, that it would challenge our hearts. And I'm asking that you would minister now by your spirit and by your power. We ask these things in the name which is above every name. In Jesus' name we pray. And would you give him praise for a few moments? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. <clears throat> Having a Canadian passport... Uh, I guess I relate a little bit more to Australia than some countries because our system of gov government is very similar. Our histories, uh, having the British rule and, and so on, has been similar. 
And uh, so uh, I think that probably I understand things here a little better than, than I might some other countries that I visit. But uh, <clears throat> when I was a boy growing up, my mother was very, very uh, interested in the royal family. Uh, I don't know, if, is the Queen the head of state here in Australia? Or figuratively speaking, that's the same way as it is in Canada. So I'm uh, going on that basis. But my mom was a royalist fan. I know that there are a lot of Republicans, both in Canada and here. Uh, Republicans with a small r. And uh, uh, so you'll excuse me, but I'm using this as an illustration this morning. Uh, but uh, my mother was always interested in them, and so she had magazines and, and books and so on about the royal family, and they would be laying around the house. And so when I didn't have anything else to do sometimes, I'd glance through them. And uh, <clears throat> finally, I, I graduated from high school. I was attending a missionary school in South India. But I graduated from high school and uh, uh, went to Canada to uh, attend <clears throat> seminary. Uh, during the, my second year and Sister Shalom's third year, we got kind of interested in each other and decided that we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. And so during that summer, between my second and third year, I went and visited her, visited her in her city. It was a smaller city in the province of Ontario. And uh, while we were there, I read in the newspaper one day that uh, Queen Elizabeth, who was visiting Canada at the time, was going to be coming with her husband, Prince Philip, and they would be uh, coming to the city where my wife was living. And uh, because it was not a large city, they were not actually going to stop and tour, but they were just going to come through by train. But for those who were interested, when the train came through the uh, station, it would slow down, and the Queen and Prince Philip would be at the back of the train. There was a little open veranda, porch, whatever you want to call it, uh, that would be there. And they would be standing there and waving at the crowd. Well, I had read and seen a lot about uh, the Queen, so I thought, this may be the only chance in my life to see her. And so uh, uh, we went to the railway station, uh, about two hours early, in fact, because I wanted to make sure I'd get a, a decent spot to be able to see her. Uh, unfortunately, it decided to, the heavens decided to open, and it was like uh, a monsoon rain. And Sister Shaw was a little smarter. She stayed inside the station while we waited, but uh, I didn't want to lose my place, so I stood out in the rain, pouring rain, for two hours. Uh, you say, well, that's kind of crazy. Maybe it is. But uh, in my mind, this might be the only chance that I would get to see somebody famous like this. And so I determined I was going to stay there and wait. And sure enough, finally, after about two hours of a drenching, I saw lights coming in the distance. And there was the train. And as they said, it slowed down and uh, moves uh, very slowly through the station. And on the back of the train there was Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. Uh, I know who invented the microwave. It was the queen. <laughs> uh, anyway, I got to see her. It was about 15 seconds. I stood and got a good drenching for, for two hours so I could see her for 15 seconds. 
I don't know, maybe you've seen her and it doesn't mean much to you, but to me that was, uh, that was an important thing at that time uh, because I thought this might be the only chance to see the queen. But then I begin to think about that and uh, there was a king who came to earth one time. Uh, in fact, he lived on the earth for about 33 years. He was the king of kings and the lord of lords. He created the heavens and he created the earth. And uh, he is the mighty God. But he actually came down in human form on the earth for 33 years and walked among us. And you would have the expectation that the one who created the universe would probably be treated with great respect and honor. But uh, as it is today, there were two basic reactions to him. And I have read to you in the book of John this morning that Jesus had a long discourse with the religious leaders of the day. And uh, they were questioning him and he was giving some answers. And then finally he made this statement. Uh, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it and was glad. And they knew that only God could make a statement like that. And so because they felt threatened in their position, they thought that things might be changing here if we acknowledge this man as being God, although they had seen many of his miracles, they reacted and picked up stones to uh, kill him. The Bible tells us that he went out through them. He, it appears as though he almost became invisible to them. And it said he went through the midst of them and so passed by. He could have called 10,000 angels if he wanted and destroyed every one of them in a moment. He could have called lightning from heaven. But the Bible said he just passed through the midst of them and so passed by. But as he passed by, there was a man at the outside of the temple who had been blind. And when Jesus saw him in his condition, he reached out to him and healed that man. And I, as I read that, began to see the two reactions that people have to the Lord Jesus, both then and today. Some people take up stones to get rid of him. They say, we don't want you interfering in our life. We don't want you trying to mess around and, and spoil the way we're doing things. And so just move on. But there are others who, recognizing who He is and what He can do for them, say, Lord, would you please stop while you're passing and touch us right now. Praise God. And I believe that there is a group of people in this place this morning as the Lord Jesus is passing by here because wherever we gather in his name he is there in the midst and so he's passing by here today and he's looking for a response he's not going to uh, force you to, uh, to worship him or to seek him he's not going to impel you to uh, follow after him but He is giving you the opportunity and He's looking your way saying, will you let me do something for you? 
Will you allow me to touch you by my spirit? Will you allow me to bring change in your life for the better? And so there will be two reactions today, just as there were in the days of Jesus. There will be those who turn against him and tell him to move on. Or those, there will be those who will stop him and say, Here I am, Lord. Please come and minister to me. Praise God. In the book of Luke chapter 8, there's a, a story. It tells us that Jesus went by uh, boat or ship one day to the country of the Gadarenes. That was uh, on the opposite side of the Sea of Galilee that he normally would minister. And I did a little bit of research. I was unable to find any other time that he went there. This was the only occasion that Jesus went to the country of the Gadarenes. And uh, when he arrived there, there was a man who had been possessed of devils for a long time. Uh, he was not wearing clothes. He was living in the tombs because even though he was physically alive, he was spiritually dead. Uh, they had tied his hands and feet with chains and ropes on many occasions, but through the power of the demonic spirits in him, he had broken those. But there was something in his heart that recognized he could receive deliverance. And when Jesus stepped off that boat, he came running and prostrated himself before Jesus and uh, was asking for deliverance. And so Jesus, recognizing the spirits that were in him and controlling him, asked, what is your name? And they said, Legion, because there are many of us. And... Uh, then they asked the Lord if they, he would not command them to go out into the deep. They were fearful of that. But rather there were some pigs that were on the hillside. They said, will you allow us to go and be uh, to dwell in them? And the Lord said, yes, you can go. And the interesting thing is that the, the pigs then rushed off into the deep. <clears throat> God has a good sense of humor. Uh, it says, they ran violently down into a steep place into the lake and were choked. Those who had been tending the pigs rushed back to the town. They told the townspeople what had happened. And uh, when that took place, they came to uh, see Jesus. And the amazing thing, they found the man whom they knew to be naked and living in the tombs, bound by chains, sitting there, clothed, cleaned up, and in his right mind. But the amazing thing is they ignored it. They didn't look at this. That would have been a major thing for that community. But they totally ignored it. And their concern was that Jesus had come and upset their way of life. And they didn't like it. And so it says uh, in verse 37 of Luke chapter 8, Then the whole... A multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart for him from them. For they were taken with great fear, and he went back up into the ship and returned back again. They asked him to leave. They saw a miracle sitting in front of them, but they asked Jesus to, to leave. Can I say it in this way? They would rather have their pigs than have Jesus. 
They'd rather have all the filthy things in their life remain there than to have deliverance and to be cleaned up by the Lord Jesus. And so they asked him to leave. Again, he could have uh, remonstrated with them. He could have uh, argued and said, don't you know who I am? But no, the Bible says he just got back up into the ship. He just passed on by, got into the ship, and they went back to the other side. It's interesting to see the reaction on the other side in verse 40. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. On the one side of the lake, they said, we are asking you to please leave. But when he got to the other side, they were waiting for him, and they gladly received him. What happened as a result? As he walked into their town, there was a lady who had been taken with an issue of blood. She'd suffered with it for 12 years. She had gone to all the doctors she could. She had spent all of her money trying to find a cure. But as Jesus passed by, she fell down and touched the hem of his garment and was instantly made whole by his power. Hallelujah. As he continued on, he came to the house of Jairus, a a religious leader. Uh, His daughter had been very ill to the point of death. And somebody came as he was going through the crowd and said, She's actually passed away. Don't trouble the master anymore. But because this man had come to Jesus in faith and asked him to do something, Jesus said, While I'm passing by, I'm going to pass by your house as well. And so he went inside and he raised that little 12-year-old girl from the dead. Praise God. There were other miracles that took place. Why? Because when he came to their town, when he came to their shore, they were waiting for him. They opened their arms to him and received him gladly. Praise God. And I believe this morning if we have our arms open to the Lord, there is no end to the potential of what he will do for us. Praise God. We can receive a mighty touch of the Lord here this morning. If you just come to see Him pass by, like many in the crowd, you will not receive from the Lord. But oh, if you'll open your arms and say, Lord, here I am. Will you come and touch me? Will you come and have tea with me? Praise God. He will reach out to you. Praise God. There's a a story in, in the book of Mark chapter 10 but a blind man in, in the city of Jericho. And again, I did a little bit of study, and, and I think this is the only time Jesus went to Jericho. But evidently news of his ministry had reached there, and there was quite a large crowd following him in the street as he was uh, preaching and teaching and doing miracles. And uh, Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside. He was blind. He was begging, and that's how he made his living. But when he heard the crowd, he asked somebody, what's all the commotion about? And they said, well, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he said, oh, you mean the one who's, who heals? Yes, that's the one. And he began to shout at the top of his voice, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And uh, some of the religious folks said, just be quiet, we're in church. Don't make a noise. But you see, they didn't have an issue, and he did. 
And so he called again at the top of his voice, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Praise God. And the Bible tells us that as Jesus passed by Bartimaeus, he actually stopped. He didn't stop for the crowd. Some evangelists don't want to preach unless they've got a big crowd. But Jesus stopped for one voice. He stopped for one man who had a desperate need in his heart, in his life, and he said, Yes, Bartimaeus, what do you need? And that morning or that day, Jesus touched him and he was made completely whole. Jesus is passing by us today. And uh, he's going to get one of two reactions. Those who are going to ask him to keep moving on or those who will say, Will you stop, Lord? We're here and we're waiting for you. Praise God. We're ready to receive what you have for us. We're ready for you to touch our lives, to change us. Praise God. Praise God. In the book of Luke, chapter 5 and verse 17, the scripture has always interested and amazed me. But uh, this was early in the time of Jesus' ministry. Now, we know that the Pharisees and scribes and different religious leaders ultimately uh, came to despise him to the point where they had him crucified. But this was still early in his ministry, and, and uh, they had heard some stories about him preaching and teaching and, and uh, doing miracles, and so they were kind of investigating him to see uh, who he really was and what he was teaching. And so it tells us in Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. So all the educated people in the law of the Jews had come to hear him. They even came from headquarters in Jerusalem. What, what's this man teaching? Is he teaching false doctrine? What, what's going on here? And so they came to hear him and they were listening to him on this particular day. And it tells us, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now the Lord doesn't waste words or power. So obviously he knew somebody there was going to need a healing touch. And his power and presence was there to heal. Now, I don't know how old the Pharisees were, but if they were doctors of the law, I'm assuming they did have a few years under their belt. And uh, I told you the other day, I'm getting on a little bit in age now. And in the morning, I have to wake up and kind of check things. Okay, let's see, my ankle's not going to bother me today. And I think I can see a little better. Uh, you kind of check, uh, go through a checklist, make sure everything's okay, that you're going to be able to survive the day and, and the uh, different issues that you may face. And so I can see some of them coming in. Probably one guy had a hobble. And, uh, but he would come because he wanted to, to hear this Jesus. And uh, there was another guy who couldn't hear really well and had to keep asking, you, what did he say? And uh, then there was somebody else who was a little bit blind and they had to kind of squint to, to see him because they didn't have glasses in those days, I don't think. Certainly not contacts. And uh, 
So he was trying to, they were, they were all there to, to see who this Jesus was. And uh, yet they had not come really to receive anything. His power was present to heal, but they had come to critique. Well, I don't know about that. Rabbi so-and-so in such and such a book said this. And so I'm not sure that that's what we want to believe. And they were sitting there critiquing. In fact, the house was so full that when four men brought a friend who was a paralytic to the place to get healing from Jesus, they couldn't get in. They tried the door, but it was jammed with Pharisees. When they tried to get in through the windows, there were uh, doctors of the law sitting on the windowsill. And it was impossible for anybody else to get inside. A lot of times religious people keep others outside because of the way we do things. We're just there to critique. And so as they sat there listening to Jesus, suddenly dust started coming down from the ceiling. <coughs> and they began to cough and wonder who's disrupting our little session here and suddenly an opening came in the roof and then a bed was lowered in front of Jesus these men were desperate they had to get to him somehow and as they lowered the bed in front of Jesus he looked at the man laying on it and he said son your sins are forgiven and I can just picture it. All of a sudden, those Pharisees sat up like this. didn't matter how old they were. They, had, they were ready to go now. And uh, so uh, Jesus said, well, I know what you're thinking. How can I forgive sins? But to show you I have that power, I'm going to tell this young man to rise up. And when they left that house that day, there were many, many people who had come who needed healing. But if a Pharisee came in limping, he went out limping. If he came in unable to hear very well, he went out the same way. If he came in with a, with a poor eyesight, he still needed somebody to help him outside. He could have received healing, but he didn't come for that. He was there to criticize. He was there to find fault. He was there to pick things against Jesus. But there was a man who walked out completely changed. Hallelujah. Because of the power of God that had ministered to him. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Have you come here this morning to receive something from the Lord? Hallelujah. What will your response be? Will you ask Him to keep moving on? Or will you say, Lord, here I am. I want you right now. I need you. Praise God. Praise God. In October of 1996, we held our first large crusade in Pakistan. And uh, because of the way that the Lord moved, the miracles that took place, uh, we received uh, national coverage, which actually went to 36 different nations. Uh, it became an international... Uh, situation. Uh, on the last night, we had about 80,000 people in the crusade. There were about 25% uh, of them, at least, that were Muslim. 
and uh, the Lord uh, did some outstanding miracles. But I never forget the first night when we were just starting out. There was only about 10,000 10, on the first night. And uh, so our, our minister evangelist, Brother Billy Cole, had preached. And he had had a prayer for the sick. And about 4,000 people had claimed healing in that service. And we know that there were a lot of people healed because for the next six months we received an average of 10 to 12 calls a day of great miracles that had happened in that meeting. But uh, he was going to have the people pray for each other. There's no way we could bring it, have an altar service when you have 10,000 people in an altar not much bigger than this. It just doesn't work. And so he was going to... Uh, have people pray for each other, somebody standing next to them. He was going to say, just lay your hand on them and we're going to pray again. As he was giving these instructions, I heard a commotion coming from the back of the, uh, the crowd. And uh, there was a lot of political tension in the country at that time. In fact, 10 days later, the government was overthrown. There was a lot of rioting and so on. And so uh, we knew things were tense. And my immediate reaction was that terrorists are here. And... Uh, then I saw people start to stand and clap. And I thought, well, they're probably not clapping for terrorists. So finally, uh, a man made his way to the front. And uh, by this time, the crowd was getting a little bit chaotic, and Brother Cole was trying to calm them down. And then this man started to shout at the top of his voice, but I've been healed! I've been healed! And so we invited him up on the front. Uh, up on the platform to, to give his testimony. We actually have film of his testimony. He was a Muslim gentleman. He said, two years ago, I had a brain hemorrhage. I guess it was a stroke. That's his way of saying stroke. But he said that two years ago I had that and I was totally paralyzed. My family took me to all of the best doctors in Pakistan over the last two years. And uh, I did not improve at all. But we heard about this meeting, and tonight my family brought me on a stretcher to this meeting. He said, that's where I was five minutes ago. But he said, Jesus healed me. And he started to slap his leg and jump around like this. And he said, he can heal you too. Praise God. Praise God. It wasn't a Christian that God healed first. It was a Muslim man who had faith that Jesus could touch him. That he's passing by. And I want you to know that the Lord Jesus is passing by this place today. Hallelujah. He's here right now. And if you need him, if you need salvation, if you need healing in your body, if there's some other thing that you're expecting from the Lord, he's passing by for you now. Hallelujah. Reach out and touch Him. Would you stand with me? Praise God.